and it is Jesus who makes today glorious. Good morning, I'm Wilfred Jack, your announcer, and welcome to the Echoes of Calvary with Senior Pastor Robert Elliott of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. We're glad that you've joined us this morning. In today's lesson, we'll look at the angel's message to the shepherds, and we'll also see that that message heralded both good news for all sinners and also an explanation about realizing the peace which only Jesus can bring. Now here's Pastor Elliot. A blessed December and Christmas season to each and every one of you listening this morning. We have been working our way through the verses in Luke chapter 2 this month and I want to jump in to the account at verse 8 this morning. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Wow. What a night shift that was for those ordinary shepherds. What a night shift. It says in verse 8 that they were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. History tells us that culturally they were staying out in their fields for another reason. They didn't smell good. And the Jews saw them as being spiritually unclean. These were men that work with sheep. By the way, sheep that were being raised for worship in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. But they weren't even welcome to the temple because they were seen as being ceremonially unclean. So here were these shepherds, ordinary guys, hard workers, social outcasts, religious outcasts, and they were working the night shift this one particular night. By the way, that tells me that Jesus came for the ordinary of us too. You know why they say the common cold is the common cold? Because it's so common. And do you know why people are called common people? Because God has made so many of us. God must love common people because we all are so common. Very few of us are exceptional. So these shepherds working the night shift with the sheep that they were raising for animal sacrifice in the Jewish temple see an angel. Suddenly, and then they see the glory of God that lit up the night sky, and they were terribly frightened. That's what the glory of God does for a person. The glory of God just terrifies you because he is perfect and we aren't. So these fellas, when they saw the glory of God, they were just scared, terribly frightened. Of course, the angel knew that, and so he said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. I love that. What banishes fear is good news from God. 
great joy from God will chase away your terrors. And then these angels say something else that's wonderful. He says that this good news of great joy from God shall be for all the people, not just the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the scribes, not just the kings and the queens, the princes and the princesses. It's for all people. Jesus came to be the Savior for all sinners. That's great news. You're listening today and you say, well, I haven't accomplished much in my life and I'm kind of disappointed with myself and I, I hope to do better, but, you know, I'm not sure that I'm going to ever make a big dent in things. Cheer up. Jesus came for you to bring you good news and great joy for all the people. Verse 11, the angel continues, For today in the city of David, that is Bethlehem, there has been born for you. Jesus was born for sinners. He has been born for you. You're a sinner, listener. He was born for you. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. God gave us a Savior because the greatest need we all have is saving from sin. We're all sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 If our biggest problem was finances, God would have sent a rich person. But our biggest problem is sin. Separates us from God and each other. So God sent us a Savior. His name is Christ, and He is the Lord. Then the angel said, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths. Oh, that links back to verse 7. When Mary and Joseph wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, the angel must have been aware that that was what was happening. That'll narrow it down for Bethlehem. Find the newest born baby who's wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. <laughs> well, there was only one. 13, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, so this angel is joined by angelic choir. I can only imagine how bright it got, how loud it got, how beautiful it got. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, this is something we have to take special note of. God's angels referencing the birth of God's son said there's going to be peace on earth, but it qualifies it, among men with whom he is pleased. Jesus' first coming didn't guarantee peace among all men on earth. Have you read the newspaper lately? Do you watch the news? The wars, the terrorism, the man being unjust to man? The cheating in business, the cheating in school, every man looking out for himself, dog eat dog. Men are currently not at peace with each other. Jesus didn't come the first time to bring peace to all men. He will come the second time establish a thousand-year kingdom wherein he will suppress evil, Satan will be confined by God in a pit for 1,000 years, and then that second coming, Jesus will guarantee peace among men with whom he is pleased. 
So there is a peace now after Jesus' Christmas coming, but it's only a peace between people who have been justified by faith in Christ, have been saved by the Savior, Jesus Christ. Believers in Jesus, Christians, can know peace now with each other. Now we don't always. We have denominational squabbles. That doesn't please Jesus. He came the first time to save us from our sin, and this part of the great spinoff benefit of being saved from our sin is that we ought to be at peace with other Christians. No rivalry, no competition. What a Savior. What an announcement of His birth. In 2008, we united for the Christmas production, The Baby King. In 2012, we came together again for the Easter song. And now, another four years have passed, and we are uniting once more. Ten local churches to reach our world with one story. Bahamas, make plans with your family and friends to attend the United Christmas production, Tell the Story. Join us as we tell the story of Christ's birth through music, lights, and drama. Opening night is Sunday, December 18th, continuing on Tuesday the 20th, Thursday the 22nd, which is a date change from previously announced, and closing out on Friday the 23rd, 7.30 p.m. nightly at the Christian Life Center on John F. Kennedy Drive. Admission is free, so save the dates, December 18th, 20th, 22nd and 23rd. That's the United Christmas production. Tell the story. Come and experience the heart of Christmas. Sit back, listen up for a short Christmas devotional we'd like to share with you. This Christmas devotional is entitled Advent. It is by Dr. Paul Pettit, Director of Spiritual Formation at Dallas Theological Seminary. The verse is Matthew 1, verse 16. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. The unthinkable happened recently in Garland, Texas. A group of preschool children were loaded into vans and driven to a local pizza arcade. The place was filled with dizzying array of video games and stage shows starring a furry mouse. Apparently, the preschool workers were so caught up in the smells and the bells that they left one of their charges at the pizza place as the vans loaded for the trip home. That's right, one of the toddlers was left behind in a maze of toys and tokens. Adults all around were oblivious to the little child walking in their midst. The workers thought all had been accounted for but later in the day, somewhere in between coloring and nap time, it all came into horrifying focus. You may shake your head and wonder, how could adults walk right by that little boy and not ask about him? Yet it happens all the time. It could be that you are guilty of the same crime. I love the first Sunday of Advent. The word means a visiting, and it's the title given to the four-week period prior to Christmas. A goal of the Advent season is studying the biblical prophecies regarding the coming Messiah, Savior. It's a time of renewal and refreshing, a time of preparation. In it, we learn to wait for the next and final visiting of Messiah, the second Advent. In the first visit, Messiah went almost unnoticed. 
The star and the shepherds appeared, but the crowds had taxes and tokens and treasuries on their mind. How easy it is for us to get sidetracked in the glitz and the glitter surrounding Advent season. Like adults at an arcade, we move from party to shopping mall to religious services without even noticing the little baby boy who actually is the reason for the season. This year, let's closely observe. And thank you, Pastor Rob, for that devotional. Today's Help for the Hurting segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. That's Triple C, located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you'd like an appointment or more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email the Counseling Center at cccbahamas at gmail.com. That's cccbahamas at gmail.com. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. Good morning. I'm very pleased to have in our recording studio this morning uh, three colleagues from the University of the Bahamas who have training in the matters of counseling. I have uh, Professor Anastasia Forbes. Good morning. Good morning. Professor uh, Vicente Roberts and Dr. Suzanne Newbold. Good, Good morning, morning, everyone. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. So thank you for being here. This morning we want to address a very uh, important topic that is something that faces Bahamians uh, of every walk of life, and that is depression. And of course, sometimes depression leads to suicidal thoughts or actual suicide, which is so sad. So I'm going to talk to our friends about these needs, and they will bring some light to bear on depression and suicide. I've heard statistically that um, women attempt suicide more than men, but men succeed, if that's the right word, uh, in killing themselves more than women. Why is that? Well, I think that men, men take, a more lethal yeah. approach. Women um, take may, may take more like sleeping tablets, something mm -hmm. that's not going to be so gruesome. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things we must remember is that there is the attempt at it, and there is the actual success rate. <laughs> they in the attempt. The individual is taking a, a, a potentially self-injurious um, action towards bringing their life to an end. And the, what in the attempt, it might not be as lethal as another method, you see. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, we have, we have men... Um, just knowing probably that that if they use, say, for instance, a gun, that'll do the job. Yeah. There is also uh, a view in the literature that uh, persons who are alcoholics, for instance, who are involved in self-injurious actions mm -hmm. that can end up resulting in their death, 
maybe due to cirrhosis of the liver or something like that. And they knowingly continue that behavior that uh, some people have actually said and have coined that suicidal type behaviors. Mm-hmm. But when we don't, don't want to go there. Um, but I'd, I'd like to, 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 to posit another thought uh, and maybe take the, the discussion even to another level. Um, I think a lot of times we don't appreciate the family as an incubator uh, here. Um, the negative thoughts that are um, uh, that we allow to exist in our family, the lack of connectedness that could exist in a dysfunctional family, the lack of belonging, um, this this whole issue of being lonely in family, mm-hmm. and in 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 the Bahamas. I think we have a responsibility to appreciate that many of our families are not performing the proper incubation role that it needs to, um, fostering good thoughts, good behaviors and attitudes about coping and managing life generally. Yeah, I think the, the community has changed. There was... There was a, a closer knit in terms of uh, rearing yeah. and caring for an individual. You know, the neighbor was very invested in your well-being, and mm-hmm. they will hook. They they will see if if they see you going awry, they will help to rein you in, or they would get to your parents this day and time you mind your own business so yes. to speak mm. and as a result that that sense of support and community um, knitting and networking has has deteriorated some and we've lost yeah the community to and, say next and then there is the church yeah uh, which is supposed to be my family Mm-hmm. Where is that being carried out in many of our churches in the community? Uh, you can have somebody in the congregation who is not there, but they come every week, but they're not attached to anybody. Nobody even recognizes that they're there. They're not a part of any group, organized group in, in, the, in the church. And we have a responsibility as as members of the body of Christ to stop and be our brother's keeper and make sure that we know that we're touching each other. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's such a key point that yeah. we're a forever family as a spiritual family. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to a precious listener this morning who's let's hearing our discussion about depression and about suicide and they're saying, well, that describes me. I, mm. I'm hopeless. I, I've thought about dying at my own hand more than once. What would you say to that precious person? What, what ought they to do? Well, I'd start by saying, listen, if you have a problem and you've been trying to communicate it, write letter, write a letter. There are various different ways mm-hmm. of communicating. Mm-hmm. Try other means of insurance. Send an email. Send something to someone who is going to take the time and speak to you um, and connect with you. Um, you're not, you weren't born alone. You were born in a, in a family, in a community, um, to the family that you are belong to be a part of. God placed you in that family for a reason to minister to one another and to reach out and touch each other. So I would encourage them first to find a way of communicating the problem. Uh, 
and then together with other people trying to solve the problem. If we try to solve problems alone a lot of times, we get caught up in our own irrational thoughts about that problem. It could be an issue that emotionally that we're not able to process because of our own baggage in the past and we need other people to connect us with another aspect of thinking about that mm -hmm. issue that we may not even appreciate that there may be a generational element here that has to do with the, the family pathological mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. that has been passed on from members of the family to another that we've taken as a truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's critical, Mr. Roberts, because we as we look at um, suicide, uh, death by suicide, a lot of times it is a very tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. This is the only way out. There's no, you know, they've come to that conclusion that this is the only way out. And I have no options. Right. But when others are drawn in, the vision and the perspectives get broader and we're better able to Ghana, other options. Yes. Someone has said, and I think it's true, that sin uh, flourishes in isolation and in aloneness. Yes. And this would be a case. And, and, and the evil one, <laughs> if I were to refer to that, wants us to see ourselves as being alone yes. and not connected. Yeah. It's when we, we get in that space of isolation, we begin to... Um, get into self-destructive kinds of mindset and um, those that self-destructive mindset eventually leads us to feeling extreme loneliness uh -huh. and then we feel hopeless, helpless, depressed, which is the, 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 the tripartite elements that we as clinicians a lot of times look at to uh, to to look at probable the probability of moving into a a suicidal kind of space you and know, then I, we could um remember too i know when my students come to me i always say that i am a christian first and then i'm a counselor mm -hmm. and i know some people say that there has to be a separation of that but in terms of this um we have to remember that god is a present help yes um i remember the accounts of david who was depressed mm -hmm. when he said why so downcast, O oh my soul? But then he also said, um, yet I will hope, I will put my trust yes. in God. So even going back to the scriptures and remember that, you know, hope hope thou in God. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Bible has many scriptures that is there for every need, right. for every possible right. need that yeah. we could experience. Absolutely. I think of the Elijah the prophet after uh, he uh, had in God's strength of tremendous victory over uh, Jezebel. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he ran for his life in fear mm -hmm. from her and mm -hmm. uh, wanted to die. He told God, I'd rather course, die. And I love God's response that he let the prophet sleep mm -hmm. under a broom tree. Mm -hmm. And then he even brought him room service yeah. with uh, ravens to bring him food and mm -hmm. that tells me that God uh, has tenderness toward the mm -hmm. person who's depressed mm -hmm. and a patience and a willingness to lift up mm -hmm. and so on. And we'll pick up from here next time. Sit back, listen up for a short Christmas devotional we'd like to share with you. This Christmas devotional is titled, He Shares Our Humanity. It's written by Dr. Glenn Kreider, Professor of Theological Studies at the Dallas Theological Seminary. The scripture verses are Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Therefore, 
Since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity, so that through death he could destroy the one who holds the power of death, bracket, that is, the devil, end bracket, and set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. Why the Incarnation? Why did the Creator of the universe become a creature? Why did the self-sufficient one condescend to become dependent on the nurturing womb of the Virgin Mary? Why did the eternal Son of God submit to the care of his adoptive father, Joseph? According to the writer of Hebrews, one reason the eternal second person of the triune God became a human being was so that he could die and through his death set free all those who were enslaved to death. In order to destroy the one who holds the power of death, the devil, in order to set free all that were in bondage to sin and death, the Son of God took on flesh and blood. To his full and complete deity, he added full and complete humanity. In becoming a creature, the Creator became subject to the power of the enemy. Thus death will be defeated through the submission of the life giver to the life taker. So extensive is the mastery of death over living things that all living creatures eventually die. The devil is a harsh master. All humanity lived in fear and terror because of the power he held over them. But thanks be to God because Jesus shares in our flesh and blood and because he defeated through death his resurrection from the dead, we no longer are enslaved and thus no longer need to fear death. Because the resurrected Jesus lives, still sharing in our humanity, we have hope. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N16. 84 Nassau Bahamas and remember everyone needs a savior